What is up, you amazing listeners and viewers tuning in from whichever platform you like to get your podcast from? I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on all major streaming platforms, and I'm back with another amazing episode of the Cannabis Chronicles podcast brought to us by Visionary Hydroponics and TNB Naturals. Be sure to smash that like button, comment down below, and subscribe or follow along from whichever platform you're tuning in from to show the sponsors of this show some major love, because they're the reason why I get to do this every single week and teach you more and more about growing cannabis, or just maybe cultivating in general. So let's break into this fun episode. Uh, If you did read the title, the title is How to Dial in Your Setup. Now, something about gardening that if you're new to this, if you're a novice, or even if you're just slightly, you know, maybe around the year mark or two two years within growing or gardening, or maybe you grew up cultivating outdoors as far as like herbs and you know various plants like that or even like fruiting trees um a lot of people just in general talk about dialing in their setup and that simply means getting the parameters to a honed in point where everything has a number or ratio that you know every single time will give you the exact result you're seeking Um, And most of the time with cannabis, um, right now, what I'm doing in as far as dialing my system uh, for the new nutrients I just added is figuring out if the pH will shift, how many days it takes to shift, and and what the shift range is for the hydroponic reservoirs. And then I'll be doing the same thing with my autopot system. Now, that type of dialing and kind of takes a little bit of effort, time, and energy because you do have to spend time in your garden. You have to usually do it every 24 hours for like two to three weeks or longer so that you're dialed into a system. You know, if you want to be, if you're trying to get there, you want to do it over a period, you know, a long period because you need to be checking those results and making sure that every time you're, you know, it is giving you true and fair results. And if after three to four weeks, you're not having any shifting results, you know, okay, this is exactly the formula for what I need to use for my plants and we're good. Um, I've been kind of growing with that rule of the thumb lately, and my mother plants have been doing wonderful. I do believe I have a male in my garden, which I'm actually excited for. I was hoping my pure Alaskan or one of the glue glue of the gods was going to be a male. Um, I have a, a two glue of the gods currently growing, one in soil that's a smaller plant and one in deep water culture that's growing. So I was I, I was fingers crossed that one of those were going to be a male or female um if they both become females cool if one of them becomes a male as well that's fine they have a little while behind them um i think i'm starting to see sacks form on the pure alaskan which i'm really excited for because i do have other pure alaskan going i'm going to be collecting pollen from him and i'm going to go ahead and just uh put some clones from the sour temple uh i don't have sour temple chunk i'm sorry uh it's the glue of the gods which is the sour temple chunk offspring the modified skunk Um, the stomped berries, and essentially all my mothers that I have going. If Animal Cookies is up there and ready to take a clone, which she really isn't, I don't know how much time I have for sacks. I don't know how much time I'll get for just like an open pollination setting. Um, But if I have enough time to get a clone rooted and starting on flower and getting produced flower and, you know, to toss it in by the time Pure Alaskan uh, is fully producing sacks, then I'll go ahead and put an Animal Cookies in there from um, green point. So why do I mention all of this? All of this is super important to what I'm trying to do, what my goals are, my intentions in my garden, because that is important to dial in your setup is just like a lot of these other podcasts that I actually discuss. 
most of these variables are actually determining on your own specific variables, like how you like to garden, how you want to garden, how your setup is, what your setup is, what instruments you're using, what your budget is, how much money you have to spend on instruments, if you're willing to buy instruments to make your, uh, you know, dialing in your setup easier. So these are all the things that you'll have to figure out, you know, as a grower, what your ob objective is. Okay, so my objective is to I need to pheno hunt through strains at a rate that is capable for me while maintaining quality control. So that's why I, I'm not doing two males in the garden. It's only going to be one male. Um, I'll, I'll cut down or call males if I get too many males. If, and um, if I do have a male that, you know, I have to make the decision between of calling or not or keeping. If I have to put up a tent in another area of my house to keep a stellar male, I probably will. Um, right now, I'm not overwhelming myself on gardening. So I don't have to do that because I don't want to make that decision. So for me, I'm just keeping my plant count small as far as like popping how many seeds at a time and slowly raising that to where I want it to be. Um, I'm getting all the phenos kind of pheno hunted through. Uh, I have two different setups, meaning all well, three different setups. Technically, I have the autopod system, which is like a hybrid system because it's a gravity fed like hydroponic soil type system. Then I have my hydroponic buckets from Visionary Hydro Hydroponics, um, which is the hydro buckets. Um, and I just got some clone collars in. Um, I bought some clone collars from AC Infinity. They have like four inch clone collars. And I'll be putting those in the hydro lids and inserts um, when I do my cloning in the future. Um, I have several strains that are in those buckets. Right now they're being pheno hunted through. They're getting these are essentially the test dummies for uh, dialing in the culture biologics nutrients. So that nutrient is going to be feeding the DWC buckets only, the hydro buckets. Um, the autopod system is not getting anything. So it is so hum living soil. If I need to reamend at any time, I will top feed with um, Terra Vesco Vermicompost, which I'm already almost through my second bag. And I'll tell you guys what, I will be purchasing their stuff. Like, I don't care what you guys like say. I know there's some people, there's not really, honestly, not a lot of people lately, but back in the uh when i had my other podcast uh show there sometimes i would get hate for shouting out companies but i really have had great 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 results with the uh vermi compost and the liquid vermi compost extract from terra vesco you guys can watch jack chambers interview on this show i had him on he was phenomenal so i've had really really good results with that both um or for my my whole uh, uh soil setup so if, if the autopod at any time the soham needs re reamending during the flower stage i'll toss a little earthworm castings i'll mix it up and i'll get the soil eating the soil microbes eating i'll give it a little water from the top so that it actually can go down or all i have to do which is the cool thing because i really don't need to do that um uh what i can do is i can wait till the plants are done if the plants at any point in time during the grow get a little more hungry than normal i can add some uh liquid fertilizer to the reservoir um, I'll be cleaning the lines every single week. You guys want to make sure you clean your lines every single week. So every time I do a reservoir change, which will be about the 10th day, I know seven to 10 days are my week marks. I know that's a long week, Derek. That's not a week uh, or chronic. That's not a week. <laughs> but for me, sometimes I can run them a little further if the plants aren't eating as heavy or they can go that long. Um, if the soil and if the water is really aerated and it's not causing any slime buildup or anything i'm not worried about it right now it's just ph and dechlorinated water with high clean high shield and hygrozyme at uh, half a teaspoon each 
within the Autopod system. So that's literally all I have. Um, and that whole review is going to be going up for the Autoflower review. So if you don't know, I host this show called Reviewing Ruderalis on the Autoflower review, and I'll be posting all that type of stuff over there. Now, the last thing I have to worry about is my actual soil plants, which I just worry about that with um, top feeding or feeding the nutrients that I have access to, like um, the vermicompost in liquid form or non and like actual vermicompost. Now, why is that all important for you guys to understand what dialing and a setup is? Each one of those have a different setup that I need to or a different parameters that I need to dial in for that specific setup in a sense. So um, the culture biologics, the reason I said those are the kind of like the test dummy plants is for the last about two and a half to three months, um, I have been growing my mother plants and I have taken now clones and put them in the auto pot and the clones are doing phenomenal. I accidentally, <laughs> I was super cropping and I snapped a full top off one of my clones of the glue of the gods. It's a good test for my strain to see the resilience and how it comes back and compares to the other ones I didn't mess up because this is the reality of growing. Um, but as you can see, I have these various um, parameters, but those two, the soil. So the autopot system is really just a soil system. And I've been dialing my soil, dialing in my soil feed for like the last two and a half months based on my last like three years of experience and, you know, experience talking to people and just things that I wanted to do as well as products I was able to get my hands on. So there were certain products I wanted to just kind of look out for uh, as far as like, I really maybe want to try them or wanted to try them. And luckily I got my hands on some of them. So that was really cool. Um, I was looking for a new vermicompost because my local garden center actually changed up and went They're They're a little more expensive for the vermicompost that I, I used to buy. And it's, for less now and like as far as like bag size and i was like oh man that's it's not really better quality so it's kind of a headache so i was able to find Vesco. i was able to find all these parameters but i spent quite some time researching testing trialing buying products doing all this you guys and growers you guys and gals as growers will have to um you guys and growers <laughs> my brain is getting ahead of me you guys and gals as growers will have to make the decision of how you actually want to go about um handling your uh grow you know do you want to do a living soil or do you want to get a soil that's like a root 707 blend and add to it you know how what's your budget like so nine times out of ten everyone's always trying to come at me with what's the cheapest way i can grow cannabis or the best best budget way so i always tell them cannabis isn't cheap to get top shelf so we'll go with your bare minimum budget to get like a a medium to top shelf cannabis based on how you do on your growing you know ph parameters toxicities lockouts things like that happen um so the, if you are trying to grow top shelf bud and you don't have a lot of money and you're on a budget the best the two options are buy a living soil and don't really spend any money on nutrients. So you'll just do living soil and like a vermi compost, which I recommend Terravesco. So it's going to be a pricey initial buy. You get your seeds and then you need to make sure you have an aquatic dechlorinator. And then you have to have pH adjusters and then you'll need a pH pen or if you're willing to spend money probes because they work better. But since we're on a budget, we're going to talk about pens. I recommend the Inkbird pens because if you if you have to buy cheap, buy cheap to start because any pen is better than no pen um, for pHing your water. Um, but those probes don't last that long and they're not that great. So you'll end up spending more money if you keep buying cheap pens. So sometimes spending like 
40 to 80 bucks on a ph pen it could last you like two to three years and if you look at that over the long run um that's a good investment you know it's only it's like less than ten dollars a month so anyways you need about six things so right there with living soil your ph adjusters your ph pen your and your vermi compost uh you've you've got everything you need and set up except for obviously you need your tent your light or if you're growing outdoors whatever it is you know you need those other parameters um but dialing in that is what you're dealing with now you're you're dialing in for that setup is managing your mycorrhizal fungi and beneficial microbials and bacteria so you could pick up something like Great White Myco. It's what I use. I've been using it for a very long time. It's very quality. Um, it's really, really good mycorrhizae, and a little goes a long way. So you can, every time you go to reamend the soil after a grow, once the microbials, uh, you know, have used up, the plants used up a lot of that stuff, you can take the plant pull the roots, shake as much soil off as you can. You can mulch it up. You can take a shovel and mulch it up in a bin. You can dust mycorrhizae on there and you can go ahead and water it with a nice microbial feed or top feed. So you can do like your mycorrhizae and then your vermi compost. And then you can just do a really nice pH water over top of that and essentially let that re-amend. You'll mix it up. You'll water it a couple times through that week, and then it's ready to go. Usually about three to, I would say about three days, you'll have microbials start producing stuff. But by day 14 to 21, you should have a nice full colony that is rebuilding that soil. A good way to re-amend soil as well to give it additional uh, uh, nutrients after the fact cheaply is either using cover crop during the growth. So you're using clover or various things that re um, re put nitrogen or various things into the soil that are going to be pulled out. Or you could do um, right after you're done, you could go for to your local grow store or your local garden center. Most local garden centers, including home Depot, Lowe's Walmart, um, most of these places even have the organic products, you know, compared to like the non-organic stuff, uh, you know, your miracle Grow, which we don't use. Uh, but when you go and look at your garden center, you can find blood meal and bone meal or even a kelp meal. Uh, TMB Naturals has Kelptastic. Uh, it's a really good product, but kelp is full and full of stuff so that's a really great product to re-amend soils with that's usually what i use it for is re-amending soil or boosting a soil halfway through flower um, or essentially just enriching the soil um, but you can get blood meal blood meal or bone meal um, blood meal is going to be more rich in the calcium magnesium nitrogen boron manganese the micronutrients that and some of the macronutrients that you're going to need for vegetative uh stages and then your bone meal is going to be more phosphorus heavy as it's bone meal with potassium um it has other things inside of it but that's generally what it is um neptune's harvest makes a, a mix of crab and um lobster it's like crab lobster and i think it's crab and lobster shells i think that's actually all it is Crab and lobster shell, that's actually really good for uh, re-amending soils as well. It, it will break down. Um, so these are all things that you can use that are cheap. Um, the principle to dialing in a setup is 
your goal is to keep your soil when you're in soil to keep your soil micro, micro beneficials alive. You want the colony of mycorrhizal fungi and micro beneficials to be blossoming. You want a whole different mix of them. You want different communities eating different uh, uh, or uh, nutrients, breaking down those nutrients, making them accessible for your root. So dialing in those systems when you're feeding the soil like that and you're only worried about feeding the soil, it's how much, how many cups or how many teaspoons you're top feeding with, um, whether it's maybe you're doing a third of a cup or half a cup or two cups or four cups or whatever it is, that's essentially you're going to go down usually one to three growth seasons before you figure out exactly how you like that plant or strain to react. And that's growing it for about three or four growth seasons, dialing in your parameters. Uh, and I always say you'll have more success getting a dialed in setup early on. Sometimes even on the first go around, people have a, uh, people have seen some of the growers that help dial in their setup to where the second time they grow, it's literally almost perfect. They don't have problems because if when they follow the less is more always do a little bit less than what you think it'll need because you can always add to it it's really hard to take away it's like when i when i tattoo people i always tell them hey if you don't know if you want something we can always add it later but we can never uh you know we can't take it away so that's a it's a funny little thing but um yeah so that's essentially dialing a dialing in a setup now how would one go about making sure that setup is even like your the time span of dialing it in is now reduced along with using less is more well that comes in with using better equipment as far as your probes or sensors or ph pens if you're going to go buy a nice blue labs pen perfect that's one of the top tier pens but pens at the end of the day they're not like pinpoint accurate. Um, so I'm actually setting up right after I get done filming this podcast, I'm going to go finish, uh, finish up the clone video. Cause I got the rock cubes in finally, um, and finish up. It's not just the clone video. It's the culture biologics video. And I was changing my reservoirs. I have, there's a lot of updates. So if you guys are watching YouTube, there's going to be an update video. And then I have to film a new video with Atlas scientific gear. Um, so Along with Inkbird official, uh, it's like an air sensor. It's an air quality sensor. It has like CO2. It reads. It's really cool. It reads a ton. Um, and I realized I need an air purifier. <laughs> but that being said, I have all these probes and equipment pretty much sent to me. And, and doing my research, we have been t- discussing um, behind the scenes with the gentleman who runs and operates some of the or helps runs, I should say, because there's multiple people that do that and uh, helps bring to life the atlas scientific gear and it's really when i say it's so precise it's like it's like a, a thousandth on the thousandth marker or ten thousand marker precise for ph so we're gonna see how off my the true ph of all of my stuff has been um and we're gonna get the autopot system i'll be setting that up into my autopot system the reservoir and reading that live with my laptop every single day you know whenever i want to go check it and I can see precisely exactly what ranges I'll have. And they actually sent over three different sensors. So I'll actually be able to check on three different parameters. And we're going to get it down to a science to see what exactly the plants are eating in the system. Um, the next run I do will be four of the same plant in that system. So that I can actually dial it into a T. Right now it's three glue of the gods with one stomp berries. So if I know I'm going to go based on the glue of the gods and that the stomp berries is a little off i know okay i need to 
this system and setup, how I want to have it is going to be four of the same clones each and every time. And that's how I've got to have it. That's just how it's got to be. And that's how I'm going to have it because I want to, I want perfect flower every time that I can take down cure to the best, which here's another piece of equipment that is expensive. And guys and gals listening, I am going to get to the soilless and hydroponic type dial-in setups. I'm explaining soil because soil at the end of the day is the cheapest, but it's still relatively expensive to truly get dialed in. Like if you become a non-hobbyist grower where this is no longer a hobby, like this is a hobby in a sense, but you're now spending some money upgrading your stuff, upgrading your equipment, upgrading all the things that you want to basically help yourself get dialed in. These things get expensive. Um, I had on my podcast um, on the previous one that I I used to do right at the end there um, for Canatrol. And this is when I was just discussing how I want my flower to be perfect so I can test it and taste it because I'm wanting to produce seeds as well as I, I want medicine for myself. So I need, that's where my objective is, is a setup that can produce seeds for sale as well as produce flowers, right? For myself, my own personal consumption and pain and alleviation. Well, all that hard work of growing can go right out the window and I won't get a true taste test. I won't get true medicine, medicinal effects, but I won't get true uh, test if I go and put it, take it to a lab and have them run it. If I don't have my dry cure, uh, my pretty much my dry and cure parameters set up. So... I will be dialing in the drying parameters 1000% and then I'm going to be dialing in even further because Canatrol is actually sending over for, um, I'm reviewing it. I'm reviewing it for the Autoflower review as well as my personal channels. I'll be doing all sorts of reviews for you guys and gals who watch me here. Uh, so you can see Canatrol really going in person because they're sending one over and I'm going to get my hands on it. We're going to really see what a true dialed in setup. Now, mind you, This is a $1,600 piece of equipment. This is not a cheap piece of equipment. This is not your simple, this, there is a reason it is $1,600, okay? Um, For those who just kind of like, ouch, man, oh, oh, I've had um, probably, I would say I'd be willing to bet if I went back into my Instagram DMs, I've had at least eight people say that they purchased not just one, but almost all of them said they went and purchased one more or another. So like two to three. Um, they are people who aren't like just balling out on money. Um, these people did say, hey, we, like I worked really hard. Like we, we, I talked about, we set aside some money, but this is literally, they realize that the hundreds and hundreds of dollars that you spend on utility cost and cultivating your cannabis, how quickly it can be shattered and ruined by a bad dry or a bad cure and how much, that literally cost you in time and money. It's $1,600 is usually nothing for people to even think about. It's like a, a blink of an eye. Like, why would you, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's like what I wouldn't even worry. I've wasted thousands of dollars teaching and growing and experimenting and messing around and uh, just accidentally messing up. I mean, that's the reality of it. So, um, when I say I, I will probably be purchasing another one in the future, depending on how much I love this one unit, um, 
they sent one over for us to check out. So that is a sponsored piece. I was beyond enthralled. I was looking at their stuff prior, but the reason I even blab about all of this, the Inkbird stuff, the Atlas Scientific stuff, because and the Canatrol. Um, let me think of other units that uh, you know are out there that can make your lives easier. You know, you have I don't know, just the Autopot system I've mentioned, uh, Hydro buckets. Uh, they're not Hydro buckets are fairly are are not expensive. That's actually fairly cheap. So they they get the normal grower. That's a normal grower purchase right there. Uh, but the autopod system is an investment. Okay. So things like that, um, any of those fancy watering systems that you can like Bluetooth, do it to your phone. Um, that's what Atlas scientific is. You can use it with pretty much everything. It's a really great thing. So all of these products, I think you guys are, you guys and gals are probably starting to realize they're expensive, right? Like for growers, this isn't a cheap hobby when you want to get dialed in. It's one thing if you're just flying by your wayside and you ha- and and you figure it out just by your intuition or just by crap like cheap poor equipment and you figure out a an exact nutrient way that you like because you watch somebody else and you do everything they do and you grow their strain and you don't need all this fancy equipment perfect you I consider that a hobbyist grower hobbyist growers can still definitely absolutely have uh, medicinal needs in their cultivation, but you're still a hobbyist grower, meaning you're you're not growing on the level that is you're surpassing the hobbyist because you're spending money into it. Like not that you didn't spend money into it. Now, now you're upgrading stuff that you already have. So you're no longer just trying to grow with, you know, the means at your hands. You want to get better, do better, you know, grow better. That's usually what most people blossom into. Sometimes people get dialed in, they have a setup they like, they produce just enough stuff that they like. They produce enough product. They have variety. Um, they get seeds maybe sent to them because they're a good grower. They maybe post on Instagram or something and a seed company hits them up and says, hey, we like your feed. You have consistent flour. Would you like to you know, rock our seeds or rock our gear? And they're happy doing that. And they have a consistent method. They grow with every time. They never switch up. They never change nutrients, nothing like that. That is a nice dialed in setup. When you're going to switch strains or maybe something bigger, badder and bolder comes out and you're like, okay, I got to get my hands on that. It's actually going to help my system a lot. It's a bit, it's more room in the base. They fix some things I don't like about this one, blah, 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 blah. that's technology. It, it advances every day. And let's just be honest as science comes as chemistry and science meets uh, cultivation or cultivation meets chemistry. I should say uh, we're going to see results as in proof is in the pudding of how we should be doing things or the best way to be doing things so with doing that adjustments are going to occur and dialing in your setup can kind of be a headache so there are certain tools that i like to mention that will make your your setup that of all the things that could change over the years nutrient blends formulas um nutrients business nutrient lines can go out of business you might have to change that soil recipes may change soils can go out of business maybe you switch to hydroponics because of a switch situation maybe you go aquaponics or aeroponics or maybe you do soil lists like cocoa choir or cocoa choir mix there are so many things that people just randomly pick and choose with all the ever-changing variables some of the best tools to help with the ever-changing variables to keep your system dialed in is your ph pens or your or getting a nice upgraded probe you know something like atlas scientific where you can read and have a reservoir that you're feeding from you know maybe it's just a big trash can like a 55 gallon trash can that you've cleaned and you clean every week that is just your 
your water for the garden only. You know, you keep the top on it, you go and you dip your pitcher in, you go and water your garden, and that is your water. You have air stone in it at the bottom, and you have an, a nice, good quality air pump for that, the amount of water that you're dealing with. You always want three times the capacity, um, and make sure the air pump is lifted above too, so if it, if it shorts and it sucks the water backwards, it's not going to siphon water back into the air pump and ca- cause a fire. Um, good tip there for you. Um, so always keep your air pumps above the height of your uh reservoir but anyways having your probe sitting in your your reservoir on an app or on something that you can read and you can you you know to the thousandth that you're dialed in and then you have like let's say you have a you get it to the point where every single week you've measured a certain amount like 250 milliliters this or a quarter teaspoon or this or a cup of this gets you to uh you know 6.0 ph or 6.3 ph or 5.5 ph well if you're using pH Lush from Culture Biologics, which is another product that is, I, I've talked about it many times. I think people should use it. And it locks the full pH range, the carbon base. It's chemistry meets science, meets cannabis, and it's cool. But you don't have to worry about shifting pH ranges. So, But for people who shift pH ranges, you could know and you could have in your journal or in your notes or in a system or whatever it is on your app, whatever it is, dialed in depending on how big and bold and how much you spend money and all this stuff. Cause Atlas scientific has a record thing that you can record and, and like save and, you know, utilize it and all that fun stuff. So, um, but if you get it dialed into the point where you know where you need to be just based on, Oh, I put a teaspoon of this, a quarter teaspoon of this, uh, one tablespoon of this, uh, half a teaspoon of this and bam, we're here. And that's perfect. And then by day four, day five, I need to do this, this, and this and boom. We're set until day 10 or day seven or day eight, whatever your reservoir change is um, within that seven to 10 day mark. Uh, generally not 14 days. That's a little long. You'll get slime buildup. But whatever that is, that will allow you to, those probes will allow you to, no matter the shifting variables and ever changing things, you at least know that your equipment can help dial you in because it's quality equipment. So that's what this whole podcast is about, is about essentially is your tech because Coco, like let's say Coco, if you have a pH reader that is potentially 1.5 pH off, like in true pH reading, but cannabis can kind of handle that, you know, it can kind of handle being a little more acidic or alkaline at certain times in certain parameters, you know, hydroponics, you really kind of got to be dialed in, you know, I have literally, as soon as I get out of here, I have to take some videos of plants that are out of range and pictures of them because now I'm using them for educational content because I'm dialing in this culture biologics feed. And after two days of sitting in the reservoir, they ate so much, I'm guessing. And uh, they shot the pH up to 8.6. So I'm going to have to do a 24 hour check every feeding day to note like, hey, make sure to check the pH and make sure to drop it back down. I'm going to have to learn how much I need to measure on those days. And then that'll become a system for me where I do my initial change, pH it, wait 24 hours, add the the rest to the reservoirs. D- don't even worry about, uh, you know, having to pH every bucket and like, you know, I'll check one of the buckets to make sure I'll check how the plants are praying or if they're not um, after, you know, several weeks of doing this dial in setup that I have to work on. And then it should get to the point where I can just do it. And I know it works every time because I've been doing it for these strains. I've been doing it the whole time. Um, the hard part about cannabis is, you can't really get a dialed in setup for just everything. Your mothers will eat differently. Every strain will eat differently. 
Um, so that's why it's it's nice to get a dialed in baseline for the systems you're using. So less is more. You want a baseline that every plant can handle, but some plants might want more because that's an easy thing to fix individually. So you'll want to dial in setup for your hydroponics. You'll want to dial in a setup for your soil plants, or you'll want to dial in setup for your soilless. Um, if you have a garden with a mother and a flower tent, two separate tents, you'll have to have dialed in setups for both. Because in one mother tent, you'll have potentially clones, seedlings, juveniles, and all of those eat differently. So you'll have to have a set, you'll have a, have a dial in system for every stage of feeding in the stages like that you use. Like if you're a soil grower and you go like solo cups to half gallons to your final pot, you need to be dialed in with your feed for each of those. And that's what having those instruments and tools of the trade, like the nice pH pens or the different, the literally different types of readers, your CO2 readers, the Inkbird air quality reader that reads CO2 and air quality and all that fun stuff. You could see if air quality is an issue. Um, humidity has humidity on it and temperature. You need a temperature humidity range. You need to know if you need a humidifier or a dehumidifier. I have to get my humidifier set up today. So, um, there's all these different parameters that the only way you're going to know is with a proper sensor or some sort of sensors for these types of things that are quality readers that can tell you on paper, this is this, this is what's happening. You need to add this, this, and this, you know, and this all comes with trial and error because growing a plant isn't as easy as putting a seed into the soil. And then it just, even if you get living soil, it's not as easy as just growing it. Living soil is sometimes really hot for certain plants. And sometimes planting a seedling straight to living soil can actually burn and kill your seedlings. There's actually a lot of people who have trouble with certain living soils and certain living soil distributors will actually tell people to uh, plant in their seedlings into a peat moss cube, rockwell cube, or a happy soil cup, something that is way less than what their soil is because their soil is built for vegging to mature plants that are going to be into it and planted into it and utilize that to the end of the grow, which will flower is to be expected soon. Cause if you're going to veg from, um, you know, several weeks to a month or more in living soil, by the time you get to flower, most of the time you're going to have to re-amend. So most living soils aren't necessarily meant for the entire stage of the grow they're meant to get you through most of it and some of these blends nowadays are really dialed in for those weeks and weeks and weeks but the reality is is most of the time you're going to have to re-amend at some point because every plant might consume differently it, it might just tear through what that blend is and they generally make these blends like i said less is more on a bare minimum basis where every plant they're utilizing is happy healthy and fall fading perfectly or just up till the end where they might get crispy on some, but they're like, you know what? That's fine. That was just a heavy feeder. So like, these are the variables that every single grower will have to think about in every single setup. But the only thing I can spout and not sound like I'm trying to sell you guys products is literally tell you guys, you do have to kind of put money into products. I'm very fortunate. I'm going to flat out say it. I get it. It's kind of hard for someone who sits here and gets, I, I get sponsored some things, but I'm telling you right now, 
90% of my equipment in my grow room, as far as the stuff that is expensive, I purchased like a lot of that stuff I had to buy. And I, and believe me when I said the utility cost, I've put the bill on everything. So I know how much growing can cost. I know for some of you listeners who are like, well, how do you even understand you get sent this stuff? Like, it's not even the same. Like, yo, slow your roll. There are some times where I sacrifice, you know, a lot of things in my personal life because I need to upgrade my, my cultivation because, you know, it is producing me medicine and I'm, I've literally watched thousands of dollars go down the drain the last few years and I haven't had product. I've still been on dispensary because I haven't had a system. I've had so many life, like all sorts of things have happened. I could, I could rant about that for three hours in itself, but I finally bucked up and this year started actively dialing in my setup before I had any of the sensors. The way I went about it was I had the Inkbird pH pen, which is a perfect, that's, that's your budget option guys and gals. Everyone listening, I always give the budget options. So if you don't have, you know, $3,000 to go spend on a Canatrol and new sensors and probes, don't. If you have a hundred bucks to 200 bucks to go spend on potentially some good soil or some good nutrients, um, a nice pH pen or like a Blue Labs pen, um, do it. Mycorrhizae, those little, that a little chunk of change, like 200 bucks can get you so many goodies that are, that will shape your grow elsewhere. Good mycorrhizae has been key in my soil growing. That's great white micro. I've been using it for three years. I've used my local garden center brand that was cheaper. I would buy more of it because I'd have to use more of it to get the same result with less from the great white micro. So less is more and quality is everything, uh, especially when cultivating. Um, I've been using TME natural CO2 for my CO2 canisters and we're going to, I have a CO2 sensor in the room. I have a bunch of canisters that I'm going to be filling here soon. And I'm going to get a nice reading of what the atmospheric CO2 is. And uh, all of this is important because I have been spending so long wondering what these parameters are. Well, now I know. I have a CO2 sensor. Um, that sensor, I it's like I said, I that was sent to me. I've always wanted a CO2 sensor. I've never had one. I've just been kind of growing like everyone else does. And you can still do that. With my mother plants these last month two months three months i've just been using my ph pen to get to a 6.0 ph and i do a quarter teaspoon of all of the stuff i use so the only thing that doesn't get a quarter teaspoon is the liquid vermicompost you're supposed to do one part of that to five parts of whatever else water you're using so i'll do about half a part of that to a quarter part i just kind of eyeball it that's literally the only eyeballing i do but i'm pretty good with like I kind of count the seconds of where I pour and there's like a mark that it raises to. So I have a little mark I've made myself um, and that gets the liquid vermicompost. I've done a half teaspoon of pH lush. If I'm doing a larger thing in my 2.5 gallon uh, spray, it gets a quarter teaspoon of pH lush. And then I've added uh, the king crab concentrate from great white mycorrhizae. It's Great white mycorrhizae. It's a liquid microbial. It's like 275 million beneficials inside of it. It rocks. Um, I add a quarter teaspoon of that. And I, uh, I've i recently added the high clean, high, high clean, high shield, and hydrozyme at a quarter teaspoon. All of those products, just simply like that. And then I uh, pH the water prior, or I pH the water after, and prior to all of that, adding anything, I dechlorinate it with an aquatic dechlorinator called Tetrafin or something like that. It's for betta fish. It's super cheap. You can get it from Walmart. You can get it from Amazon. You can get it from 
your local pet store, almost any freshwater fish store, saltwater store, uh, everywhere has it. It's just, it's a very simple way to dechlorinate water. Um, if you have RO water, that's even better, reverse osmosis. Um, so that's what I, I've done. That is out of my sprayer. I That is the water, the neutral water I feed the soil with. That goal of that water is to replace what I used to do with molasses. I would use molasses at like a quarter teaspoon in my water um, to like half a teaspoon. But sometimes I would get mold buildup in the soil because sugars and things like that. It's it's a whole thing with molasses and unsulfured blackstrap molasses. But instead of doing that, I have a nice array of different beneficials. I have the high clean hydrozyme and high shield working on the organic breakdown aspect of things and all the stuff that it does enriches um, the enzyme breakdown and, and all that things. Yeah. And then I have the pH lush, which is allowing the full range of the uh, pH range to be unlocked for the plant roots. Even at 6.0, it can uptake 5.5 all the way to 6.5 um, really fully. And I have the TNB naturals granular adjusters that I'll use that won't put really much any, but a little bit of PK into the reservoir. And that usually is about a quarter teaspoon that I have to do. And that has been dialed in as well. That brings my pH that usually is about 8.1 all the way down to 6.0 or 6.1. So it's a perfect thing that works for my dialed in setup with my water I use, which comes from the tap uh, that I dechlorinate with all the, the things I'm adding and finalizing. And then I have just been using Roots Organic 707 blend. All I did was I dusted mycorrhizae, the great white mycorrhizae, when I initially uh, went to plant inside of it when my seedling was rooted in the Rockwell cube. And um, I made sure the soil was completely doused with that mix that I just told you guys with. And I, I just feed that. I've been feeding it since seedling. And if any time they need an individual plant is looking like it's fading or needing more, I've simply top fed two to four cups of vermicompost uh, from Terravesco onto the soil. And that neutral feed will just feed the microbial life and keep the microbials colony building and blossoming. And then I just let, I pretty much just let the vermicompost do the work with the soil and just continue to re-amend that nitrogen in the various and the various nutrients and macronutrients and micronutrients within the feed into the soil. And I get it back and blossoming community, but that's essentially how I feed my soil. That's a low budget way to dial in your soil. You just individually add the plants as you need. And then with your simple water solution, you're feeding the microbial life every feeding just enough so they do not starve in between feedings. It's a neutral water is what I like to call it. Because it's not a true feed, like you're not heavily feeding. You're just feeding enough to feed the soil. Um, I literally just, I don't douse the soil, but once every seven to ten days, I I give the soil a light water on top every three, every two to three days, and that's so that the soil doesn't necessarily dry out heavily underneath. Maybe an inch to an inch and a half, the soil maybe dry on top. But the rest of the soil, keeping a healthy microbial colony on top, and my plants remain praying. Now, that's for the soil. For hydroponics, it's, you know, you would just be measuring the pH and adjusting as is. That's hydroponic dialing in is 10 times easier on a small scale. Like if you're with a five gallon bucket or like, or like if you were like, you know what, like I want to have a simple system where. Um, like the autopod system, like that would be the closest thing I would say to being a, the most simplistic way to dial in a soil setup because you have a reservoir that gravity feeds to the bottom 
that you just have to pH the the reservoir. Your your soil will then leach up the pH no matter what and be the pH of that water. And then you can always reamend just liquid nutrients or liquid feeds that week into your reservoir if you need to reamend the soil. Or you could do what I said in top feed. So there's a lot of options for an autopod system, but hydroponics are, it's so rapid to, to change your pH or get um, a dialed in setup with nutrients like prescription blender, a bunch of nutrients I've used before and their blend will literally, when you use it properly, it will put your pH to like 6.0, I believe, or 6.3. I can't remember which, I think it was 6.3. Um, and it would do it every time no matter what your tap water was, no matter what it would, it would do it every time. It was like this liquid blend and there's chemistry meets science or chemistry meets cannabis. Chem- chemistry meets science. I'm <laughs> chemistry meets cannabis. But this is what I mean by dialing in your setup. The, at the end of the day, you still, the, the, the whole spiel, no matter what it is, you still have to have a tool of some sort to read. You need uh, some form of tool or tools and the more tools you have will help, you know? So, why is the canatrol important? Well, the canatrol me- measures literally the like you can get the what's it called? I forget what it's I forget what it's called. It's like the reference of humidity point or dew point. I, I believe it's called the dew point. Uh, the dew point uh, definitely uh, is important, and the humidity point, all that. The canatrol pretty much like dials in this environment and creates an environment within the canatrol that properly will cure your cannabis and allow your cannabis to like do the metabolic processes that there's a gentleman named shark mouse farms that actually uses the equipment. Um, he's, he, uh, has like two or three of them. Um, but he, he's a very knowledgeable guy when it comes to the processes of the enzymes of like what's happening. So you can check out his Instagram shark mouse farms. Uh, he uh, has a few posts recently on the metabolic processes that cannabis goes through when curing. That I could spend a whole hour talking about that in and of itself. Um, it probably that'd be cool to talk about it with him. Actually, I'll try to do that for you guys. That's that sounds like a cool interview. Um, but the point is, is that Canatrol does all that reading and all that censoring, and it creates an environment. It helps you dial in your cured cannabis. So that's that's the final stage, right, of cannabis is curing and drying and storing, um, or drying, curing, and storing. So the Canatrol does that, and that's where um, having these tools and equipment, it does make sense, okay? So there are certain th- reasons to spend money and upgrade. Um, if you're trying to dial in your setup, the point of that is to upgrade and or get it honed in with either tools you already have or figuring out what tools you need to do so. Um, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. Like I said, you can go the cheap route and and get a pH pen that's quality or, or a very low budget probe that is on the lower end of things and start doing it that way. Um, it's just a matter of picking what variables, what nutrient your, your due diligence as the grower. Cause I can't tell you that. I can't tell you what the best nutrients in the world are. They're just, there's a lot of amazing nutrients out there. And there are a lot of really cool companies like Culture Biologics is coming around. He's in Denver and, you know, he's a small business. I got to speak to him. I got to see his facility. That whole interview is on reviewing Ruderalis on the Autoflower podcast. You can watch it there. Um, but like that whole, like, I like supporting local, you know, and he's a chemist and he worked with top agronomists in the world and he really, worked with all these various nutrient blends that they derived and figured out there's so much that he talked about in that podcast that 
so I like to support companies like that. I like Great White Mycorrhizae. They're so good. Um, <laughs> I like Terra Vesco. They wholeheartedly make an insane product. From what I've heard, I've actually talked to three different people that bought the vermi compost bags, sealed, opened them, and used them for fungus uh, cultivation, whether it be pink oysters, uh, uh, lion's mane, or actual psilocybin mushrooms. So that whole thing. I'm going to be actually buying a bag and testing that whole theory. So we'll see how that goes here soon. You know, I hope it doesn't contaminate my, my tub. Um, I do a pretty good job, but Hey, they, they, their standards of cleanliness, Jack Chambers was very clear that they make it very clean and they've had a lot of testing on that. So really exciting on that. Um, but these products, all these products, everything that I talk about, I really, it's not to sell you guys on things. It's not to, because when you get dialed in, when you're dialing in, you, you do have to spend some money. You have to spend some money figuring out what works for you, figuring out which system setup you want, what nutrients you want, if you want an autopod system, if you want this system, if you want that, if you want blah. There's so much out there. I can only tell you what from my experiences and what I've grown with, what I've used. So uh, I'm always going to talk about the things I've used and or grown with. Some of the other nutrient blends and, and companies I have not uh, mentioned, but I have used in the past that are really good. You have Nectar of the Gods that are really good. You have, um, I, like I said, the Prescription Blend. I've tried out General Hydroponics. They're all right. They're not the they're not the most amazing. They're they're a little overhyped in my opinion. They are a good blend. Not get me wrong. They've been they've been doing it with cannabis for a while. But if we're talking about blends like that, I would I even say Neptune's Harvest has better options in my opinion. Um, that's just personally. Um, I've used uh, Turpinator and Perpinator, which are great additives. I've used some Mammoth P products. I've used um, the Elite 8. I've used Vegematrix when it was a thing. And uh, I have used a lot of things, man. Um, a couple Nature's Living Soil. Tons of stuff. Tons of tons and tons and tons of stuff. Personally, I have access to Roots Organic 707 blend at my uh local garden center it's my favorite soil to use or the roots organic greenhouse blend um i like great white myco i'm not gonna stop using them that's what i'm using i've really enjoyed the hygrozyme products we're gonna see if it stays staple within the the reservoir so far it's doing a good job of actually clearing the roots of the organic matter and slime so i really do enjoy that it's working well for my other plants um but the one stable product that is absolutely staying no matter what um, I'm trying, I'm testing out and reviewing the entire culture biologics line, but the, uh, pH lush is no doubt a absolute staying staple product in my garden. Um, the King crab concentrate from great white micro will stay in my garden and the Terravesco products I'll keep in my garden. So those, 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 those are definitely staple products. I have decided that after trialing all the things I've liked over the years, these are the things that I like. My, my plants look so happy and healthy. I'm so excited to try the cannabis flower from it. Um, I'm, I'm beyond excited. So that has been my hour long episode on dialing in a setup. I guess the whole, it comes down to the point of you're going to need tools. You're going to need sensors. You're going to need all the expensive gadgets that you didn't think you'd need or you didn't think you'd want to get or you don't really want to spend money on. You're probably going to have to spend money on. Um, if you don't want to spend money on it, you know, the best way to go about it for those who seriously want to put some work in, and I'm not saying this is a way to get free product because it's not free product. You have to know how to grow. Uh, you need to get on an educational platform and maybe start educating people, sharing your grow or 
doing something to where a company would be willing to give you seeds as a marketing platform that makes them more money in the end. So those are the ways that you can do that. Um, other than that, getting on forums and maybe just seeing if growers have older gear, they're upgrading. That's an upgrade to you. You know, that's a way to get hand-me-down equipment that may not be jacked up. Um, and certain growers keep their gear pretty pristine. Like me, I'm a, I'm a person that keeps my stuff pretty pristine. So if I give people any hand-me-down stuff, generally it's good, you know? Um, so those are the best things that I can think of. Um, I really can't think of anything more to dial in your setup. Like there's a lot of tools out there. There's so many tools and so many expensive ones at that. Um, there's a lot, a lot out there. So just do your research, make sure before purchasing anything, you at least hear product reviews. I will put my name to saying Canatrol is a good product. I haven't even used one yet, but the amount of people, the amount of good quality educational growers, especially like Shark Mouse Farms and various other people who have talked highly of it and just having the, uh, the owners on my previous show chatting with them and they're so open to talk really, really stands by their product and it showcases it proof is in the pudding. So I'm excited to get my hands on it. Um, the Atlas scientific I'm going to be testing and, you know, so far I'm pleasantly surprised with Inkbird stuff. So no qualms with any of that. That's all the stuff I've used. There's tons and tons of uh, gear out there. Just make sure to do your due diligence to read reviews, check out YouTube reviews or go on forums or subreddits and things like that. So this has been another episode of the Cannabis Chronicles. I hope you enjoyed this one. This is a very long episode. I know more people have been wanting the cannabis content back. I did some mead stuff there for a minute. I was busy in life. I'm sorry. I did use my mead episodes as a little bit of a way to not have to film a podcast that week. I'm sorry. I didn't have one this week. Otherwise, I would have done the same. I can't lie. <laughs> so sorry that this podcast was late. Um, I've honestly, I've literally just been busy. I've been tattooing, picking my business up again, getting my garden situated behind the scenes. I'm filming stuff. I'm doing everything I can to actually make these videos worth watching, worthwhile, and worth revisiting for you guys to have the information, to not be stupid, to not be a waste of time, and to make it something cool that you guys haven't seen before. Um, plus, I'm working on some breeding projects, so that's a lot of fun. So without further ado, be sure to hit that like button, comment down below any questions you have, and hit that subscribe or follow button from whichever platform you're tuning in from. I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube and all major streaming platforms. And this has been another amazing episode. And be sure to just you know show some love to the sponsors, Visionary Hydroponics and TMB Naturals. They're so amazing, and I really can't wait to showcase all of their gear. Um, I'm going to be adding the Enricher and some Kelptastic to my soil once I re-amend it and growing a plant and just that. So it's going to be really fun. I have, uh, I'm have i really excited. So um, yeah, much love, happy growing, and peace, everyone. <laughs>